I was really religious as a youngster, but up up until like maybe my first first year of college. Well, you're a couple different religions, right? You've kind of I did gone everything, yeah. Scientology. I did everything. And- I did Christian in this order. I think this is the order. <laughs> I did Christianity, and then I got into college. So I uh, studied the Baha'i faith, and then I went into. Uh, Scientology for a short time and then somewhere in between I made it a point to go to every uh, denomination that I knew of because mm. I didn't want to I didn't want to have anyone in my world be a them mm. Hot breath. hello world you know what time it is hot breath <sighs> Welcome to the Hot Breath of Verse, everybody. This is your fearless leader, Joel Byers, and welcome to this very special episode. I got to sit down with one of comedy's most legendary photographers. This guy is at the top of his game, and he has so much good insight to provide, only from his experience as a past performer, but also as his experience as now a comedy photographer. So definitely stick around for that, and definitely stick around for the rest of this intro. Because I have nothing but good info for you. And that, of course, starts with Comedy Binge. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. As of August 31st, the registration for the historic Comedy Binge Festival will be closed. This is the world's first online comedy festival. You can go to ComedyBinge.co, use promo code HOTBREATH, get five bucks off registration. The actual festival will take place October 29th at Relapse Theater here in Atlanta. It'll be headlined by Rob Hayes. But registration ends August 31st. Time's a ticking on getting registered. I would highly recommend. This is the first of its kind. It's an opportunity for you to not only perform in front of an awesome crowd at the legendary Relapse Theater, but also to have it broadcast around the world, specifically to people of the industry type and of the booking type that may have not made the trip to Atlanta but can still see you perform. So definitely ComedyBinge.co, promo code HOTBREATH, get five bucks off, and just be a part of the first of many historic Comedy Binge comedy festivals. I love all my sponsors. Another sponsor I have is Comedy Artwork. This guy is amazing. He's an illustrator, graphic designer. He can do posters for you. Whatever you need, go to ComedyArtwork.com or at ComedyArtwork on social media. He's super talented. I've seen him do work with legendary comedians all the way up to legendary comedy resources like Funny or Die, all the way up to Forbes magazine. This guy has really done it all. And uh, he's not only a great artist, but he's a great comedy fan, and he's able to capture your brand. So definitely go to ComedyArtwork.com for more info on how, you know, you can take your brand to the digital age. He's amazing. I just got to say that. The art is amazing. Another amazing artist I've come across is Bernard Henry Manning. This guy just moved down here from Chicago where he was a photographer in that comedy scene. But he has really done nothing. I know a few of you out there have actually reached out to him about getting some new headshots done and performance shots and things like that. And, you know, the work speaks for itself. So hit him up on Facebook, Bernard Henry Manning. For just more info on, you know, how he can get you taken care of from a photographer. He's also a great videographer as well. So just really, anything you you want a moment captured, go to Bernard Henry Manning on Facebook. And, of course, 
if you want to get a little bit better at comedy or, you know, learn about comedy or just hone your own skills, I would recommend highwirecomedy.com. We have sketch, improv, stand-up, much, much more to come. Just had my first class in the new space. It is incredible. You guys are definitely, if you're a comedy fan or a comedy performer, you definitely want to be a part of Highwire Comedy. It is a rising stock in the comedy world. So definitely go to highwirecomedy.com and check out all we got to offer for you. Or go to joelbyerscomedy.com and see what we got to offer for you there. Like a cool schedule of shows I do, like Java Monkey's Funny Monkey every Wednesday at Java Monkey Indicator. Come check me as I devolve some of Atlanta's funniest comics every Wednesday at 8.30. Boom. Promo. But that's all. I think we have... Reached our uh, loveliness here at the uh, intro, if you will. I must now first ease us into this interview by letting you know today's guest is the one, the only, Troy Conrad, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Troy Conrad. Ah, ah. For those of you that have heard of him before, you're welcome. For those of you, this is your first exposure to him. Welcome to the world of Troy Conrad. This guy is amazing. He is, we met, first we met at Laughing Skull Festival. He is the, quote, is Paul Provenza, fellow hot brethren. Paul Provenza calls him the mad scientist behind the show set list, where he, all comedians perform improvised sets based on suggestions on a PowerPoint. This was all his idea. He used to be a comedy performer, and he did a lot of improvisation and characters. He did a... He had a really famous George W. Bush show he did, and also a, a Comedy Jesus show that's actually on Amazon Prime you can check out. But just really a, his own trailblazer has a great, unique point of view on the world. And I was happy he took the time out of his busy schedule at Just for Laughs to sit down and really share just his journey and also his creative process. So I think this is going to be a great episode for anybody of any background, of any inspiration. It's just an anytime podcast. So wherever you are, however you are, whoever you are, all there's left to do is inhale a hot breath with Troy Conrad. Uh, do this. And you might only be able to do half an hour right now. We can always continue more later. Okay. Uh, but just because I got a schedule. Yeah, you're very these, important. These man. Cats. No, no, it's just that I got a busy. Yeah. You're, you're a photographer at the world's most prestigious comedy festival. <laughs> yeah, man, this is this is this is it. So I'm just happy you can carve out any time. Yeah, dude. I thank you for uh, for asking me in advance and everything. I'm ready to go when you are. Everybody's been saying that today. Yeah, man. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Well, if you could just start off by saying your full name to the microphone. My name is Troy Conrad. Troy Conrad. Thank you for being on Hot Breath, man. Thanks. Good to be here, man. Here we are. And we we actually snuck into a restaurant (laughs) that is not open inside the Hyatt. Uh, I don't know if anybody's tried this, but we're the only people right now getting good quality sound, and we're probably going to get kicked out, and the listener will be able to participate in that. Yeah, I've noticed other people recording podcasts around here, and they'll just have like a Zoom, and they'll just be using... Sitting on a table? Yeah. Yeah, You can't do that. Dude, that's going to pick up everything. Yeah. 
You but, might as well. Yeah. Like I, also I've heard people record podcasts in their kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, which first of all, a kitchen is all hard surface. No one has carpet in their kitchen. So you're bouncing sound. <laughs> it's the worst possible place you could ever do it. This is, this is what's in a kitchen. Windows, tile, <laughs> hard table. Like everything is just going to bounce around. It's going to be terrible. Everything so the, wrong. I'd like to start podcasts with a little advice uh, or criticism mm-hmm. of people that I don't even know who does those podcasts. We'll take it though. You're a professional and yeah, many different. Sure, a professional in all kinds of things. Yeah. So the one, the one I knew you for first yeah. at least is uh an amazing photographer and i guess uh, as paul provenza would say who's been on here he called you the mad scientist behind the show set list he calls me mad scientist he calls me old genius uh, he just calls me all kinds of nice compliments i i take all of them uh and uh you know i enjoy all of them all your nicknames hi guys welcome i believe they're opening shortly so uh, uh if they told you to come in come on in Oh. oh, cool. Wow, you're very hospitable. So I would like to start off, because this is an Atlanta-based podcast, so I would like to start off with kind of your feel for the Atlanta comedy scene. You were just down there for Laughing Skull Fest. Yeah, for my first one, it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was a great sense of community. It was a festival where everybody was hanging out. Like, not one person performing in that festival was like, eh, I'm going to go home early and not hang out at the after party. Like, everybody went and that's an important thing mm-hmm. and that says a lot about the city when everybody goes to hang out because that means everybody wants to be there and uh they've the festival and marshall all the people that help with that have set it up so that that happens so that you want to go to that and you want to have a community that's what it's about here in montreal uh the hyatt bar after at the end of the night between 11 and 4 a.m is completely jam-packed with a community of people yeah and that's what it's about yeah and, and when you know i've had friends go hey i'm gonna go i'm tired i'm gonna go hey it's your community get get the fuck out there yeah that's what i've been finding with this festival is like this is my first time here and it's the community part is overwhelming because you'll see like oh i've seen them on netflix and then you're like oh there's just a person standing at the bar that has to wait also yeah. and and if you're a person listening who like you go to one of those things, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna work with people who are famous, and you're gonna see people who are famous. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in a situation like this where everyone is sort of like these are all everyone's peers. Like Montreal is not a place where like a lot of people go to fan out on stuff. Totally, it's, it happens, but yeah. it's not that. So you meet, you meet a famous person. What you don't want to do is like, oh my god, you were in that thing. <laughs> I loved you in that thing because they hear it all the time, yeah. and that's. Like, give everyone a break from hearing that. They have so many fans that would love to say that to them because everyone gets moved by a good by a good artist. Everyone mm-hmm. gets moved by good art. And so it's hard to sort of bite your tongue and go and talk to them as, as if you're a human being. The way I learned that was when we started traveling with set lists, which we'll get to, right? Mm-hmm. That a set list, we'd go to other countries where there were super, super famous comics in that country but I never heard of him because in the States, we don't get that. We don't get a, as much of a crossover. Mm-hmm. So when you are around someone, you're just hanging out, talking to them as a human being. And then all of a sudden people come in like, oh, my God, you, you're from that. Th- I loved you. And I, I've watched every one of those things. It changes the dynamic. It's like, oh, that's now that person is not a person anymore yeah. for that, you know, for that fan. They're an it. Yeah. You don't want to make people into it's. 
does being around all this, these comedians make you miss doing stand-up? No, being around comics doesn't make me miss stand-up. Uh, not doing stand-up makes me miss stand-up. Mm. But I, don't, I also have dealt with that. Like that's, I just don't have the time, and I have to balance everything out. Uh, and my time is best spent making shows. I like to make things that are fun where other people can, you know, like, do I want to play on the playground or do I want to build a playground mm. where everybody can play? And for me, I like right now, I like to build a playground. I don't have to have a statue in that playground. I don't have to be the center of attention, but I want to make the damn playground. How did you build the setless playground? What was like the origin of that? Always like doing improvised standup, mm-hmm. uh, which is the basic form of that is it exists all over, but it's just it's just rare. It's happening more now. But you know, you just pick uh, things out of a hat that the audience writes, and then that's what you talk about, and then you do the next one. So I like doing that so much. Then when I did stand up on the road, I would do characters and I would improvise. Uh, within those characters that's what it was about I love doing that I'd rather do that than do my act like mm-hmm. than do memorized stuff because that was fun there's a risk of failure it's you got adrenaline so sort of combining those things uh, set list evolved into something and very early on uh, from almost the very beginning Paul Provenza was there to go dude this needs to be a show let's make it into something that's good for that like so he took kind of a, the raw you know the the raw material and then crafted into this show and we you know we've taken it all over the place and that's when you start i guess incorporating like the projector and all that give yeah, it more the of a screen the projector yeah improv yeah. they just draw it out of a hat and read it but the screen really makes well you have to have the screen because the audience has to know the context the context yeah. is so important they have to know at all times in case mm-hmm. they forget and if you don't have that then you don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's the screen is a really important thing. And improv is big with you. I mean, you you were trained at UCB. I right, did and all that. Yeah. Jazz. Well, when I moved to Los Angeles, I mean, I did improv. I did like short form improv when I grew up in Phoenix. But oh, okay. then when I moved to LA, I did the writing programs at Second City, Improv Olympic West, um, Groundlings, or not Groundlings. I did improv at Groundlings, improv at all those places. You know, UCB. Um, uh, and they were all great programs. Um, but it all depended on the teacher, you know? Mm, hmm When did you start doing comedy, I guess? I mean, you grew up in Phoenix and you were doing... I was, uh, I was only, uh, in college, I was, let's see, I don't know, I was like maybe halfway through college or something like that. Okay. And yeah, I grew up in Phoenix and I really just, I jumped in. I told my friends I'm going to do this. I, I used to watch Letterman. I'd write these top 10 lists all the time when I was in college I, I'd, I'd come in every day and in some class and I go, hey guys, before we start, I'm going to read this top 10 list. Hmm. I was just into that. And that, that gave me, I think, the confidence to go up and do stand-up. I was super, super nervous my first time, man. So would you do bits while you were a teacher? While I was a teacher? Didn't you teach for a little bit from Phoenix? I did. Okay. But what do you mean, did I do bits? Well, I mean, like, were you, were you like working out material on your students? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, I don't, I mean, I don't think you do that. No, no. I mean, when there was a class. I mean, wait. So when you were the student, right? Yeah. Okay. Like when I was in college, I'd be like, "Hey guys, before we start, yeah, no, I was not the okay. teacher. Oh, I didn't know if this was when you were the teacher. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. No, but I, I later did teach. What uh, did you teach? I taught at Phoenix College. Uh-huh. Uh I worked at the health department. Uh, I taught a class in. Um, it was like the psychology and spirituality of humor and play. 
And <laughs> we use, I know it's crazy, right? Whoa. We use the onion, um, a compilation of the onion as as a textbook. They, these students, we had, I had to have the bookstore wow. have the onion. And we also used a, a, a book by this guy who's actually a friend, turns out, a friend of Provenza's, this guy named AJ. He worked with, uh, as a matter of fact, the, the audio book of this book, it's such a good book. And it has a really shitty title, so no one bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, Pendulet reads, narrates the audiobook. It's called The Golden Rule of Schmoozing. But it's such a, uh, I think, a terrible title because we think of schmoozing as like somebody with an agenda who's like, hey, go schmooze that person and be mm-hmm. fake around them. And then uh, maybe they'll uh, give you a job or whatever that thing. That's. This guy said, explains it. It's not what it means. We just sort of have made it mean that. Um, so he talks about it as just being generous and being good to other people mm. and nothing more with no strings attached. Okay. And that's a great way to find it because that's the real definition. So that book is fantastic. It's about treating. As a matter of fact, the subtitle is The Art of Treating Others Well. That's literally what it's about. That'd be a great title. Yeah. It's about generosity. And, and so... That was the other textbook. And we did things that were outside of everyone's comfort zone. Like, you know, we just, we just did activities that made people laugh, that made them laugh. And then we, we'd process it. We'd, we'd talk about onion, onion articles and satire, the importance of what that does to our, our psyche and to our society. So it was like psychology, it was sociology, it was spirituality, because I think, uh, I think laughter, humor, comedy, that's all spiritual. What, what effect does it have on our psyche? Well, according to my uh, latest research, I'm not sure what. Uh, oh, well, look, I mean, I don't know what the science, but you know, you know, you have you, a professional opinion. And my professional opinion, yeah. Um, I don't know what is the like. What does the uh, what is don't the effect away. of humor? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, yeah, it's just hard to say. Like, I don't like clinically. Uh, Here's what satire does. Okay. That I can that I can talk okay. about at least from my experience. Great. Is satire makes us uh, gives us an access to the truth that we would never get directly. So it's an indirect. It's sort of like um, it's sort of like uh, you. It's it's you don't see it coming, and so the truth kind of like comes around your head, mm. and then in like in through your ear, and it burrows in there, and then before you know that 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 thing has like burrowed into your brain you go oh oh that makes sense now okay i see it because satire is just like it's this weird prism um uh for example i'm trying to think of a good example because um let's see well great example 9-11 the the iconic issue of of the onion right after 9-11 well (laughs) this was the like they tapped into how everyone felt which was this they, they, you know how newspapers have point counterpoint. Mm-hmm. This was the Onion's point counterpoint. It was like one guy says, "We must retaliate with blind rage," and the counterpoint was, "We must retaliate with measured, focused rage." Like that's brilliant because mm-hmm. nobody had after nine eleven. Nobody was like, "Well, you know what we need to do is, is just you know maybe um, be nicer to people." Like it was like. No, people died. People were attacked. It was a big deal. Uh, so that's how everyone felt. Yeah. And they nailed it. So that, uh, that the, the cover said something like, America 
longs to care about stupid bullshit again. And it was like mm. Britney Spears and all this stuff. <laughs> so, and it made us realize, like, like that's the truth. It made yeah. us realize, like, oh my God, we do care about stupid shit and we ignore reality. And then sometimes reality comes crashing in your window. So was that your inspiration for your character, Comedy Jesus? Just Comedy Jesus came spiritual? out of, well, Comedy Jesus came out of, uh, at like, kind of a reaction to George W. Bush being president. Which you also had a character. Which, yeah, later I, that's right. Later I did a character. I did George George Bush. Uh, and the premise of that was he, it was George Bush on Truth Serum. And he was apologizing <laughs> and admitting to everything. Mm-hmm. But it also wasn't, like, crazy, stupid conspiracy stuff. It was like, I got into his head and I was being real about him. I, I even showed a good side of him, and I showed the, the real side that's kind of like a guy who was in over his head. Mm-hmm. And not, a, not a super smart guy, um, but a guy who wasn't always great at making decisions, you know? And what was the, what was the premise of the comedy Jesus? Comedy Jesus was Jesus coming back uh, as um, uh, sort of um, a critical figure, uh, and almost an almost like an atheist Jesus. <laughs> he comes back and he's like, "Hey, hey, you guys, what the fuck? You know, I left you alone, and this is what you do." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was really uh, a way of of um, for me, anyway, uh, as someone who, as that show progressed, I was always agnostic. Uh, I mean, not always. I was really religious as a youngster, but. Uh, up, up until like maybe my first first year of college. Well, you're a couple different religions, right? You've kind of I did gone, everything, yeah. Scientology. I did everything. And- I did Christian in this order. I think this is the order. <laughs> I did Christianity, and then I got into college. So I uh, studied the Baha'i faith, and then I went into uh, Scientology for a short time, and then somewhere in between, I made it a point to go to every uh, denomination that I knew of, because mm. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have anyone in my world be a them. Because mm. we all have thems. Yeah. Like, have you ever been inside a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall? Never. So, and do you have any friends who are Jehovah's Witnesses? Not that I can So think of. it's hard, but yeah. probably to the, uh, to like Jehovah's Witnesses, probably to you, are them on some level. Because yeah. you don't have any experience with, with white people who are Jehovah's Witnesses. So, I didn't want to have that. So I mm. went into all these things. I went into Mormon temples. I went into the Jehovah's Witness. I went into everything I could just to see how people were. And what I found was hey, everybody's kind of the same. Like It's all people who need something, need something to believe in. But uh, I also found that everybody came down to the same, like, really dumb. And I, I don't mean to be judgmental. I mean, I am judgmental. But everyone got really dumb when it came to, well, the book says it, so we got to do it. Mm. there's a lot of that okay and that made no sense to me and that that was literally every time that happened that was my last uh that was my last time ever setting foot in that that place so then you create an atheist jesus so i had an atheist jesus who who <laughs> answered questions it was all it was all improvised um in terms of the the q a it was a powerpoint on the mount that was that was planned that mm. was written and the audience write down questions, put them up on a thing on stage. I'd come on stage, pull them out, answer them. And that to me was really fun. It was cathartic. And that led me into that whole world of like characters and all that. Yeah. I mean, your, your experience with characters, I mean, you have performed in like a Shakespeare conservatory, right? Yeah. Like, Shakespeare background. Not till, well, just after college, I went back and I, I did some, I did three summers of conservatory. 
um, which, and, and I remember, I hated Shakespeare, hated Shakespeare <laughs> all through high school and college. I thought, what, why would anyone read this idiot? I mean, people don't talk like that anymore. It's stupid. And then I understood what it was, and I feel dumb even saying what I just said. And you took Comedy Jesus. This is a, around the world. Like, this was an international... Yeah, I took it to some festivals. Yeah. You know what happened? Here's, by the way, this is how it happened. Okay. How it got big. And, and then I stopped doing it. So it's not big. But at that time, it was. YouTube was just starting. YouTube, everyone made those square 4-3 videos. Mm. Um, no ads yet. No. It did God, start off no, without no ads. ads. Yeah. yeah, and you could only load stuff at 240p. <laughs> and that was the big, ooh, I heard they're going to 360 next year. Like, oh, really? Oh, my God. How is the, how is the internet going to handle that? Right. <laughs> I'm using dial-up. So what happened with that was I started loading videos of just Jesus addressing things. And, and, and then it became a thing. People subscribed and people got into it. And um, I did live shows and... Um, and I had a friend of mine make me a trailer, which is, there's a significance to that. Cause if you're a comic, you're, you want to make a project, it's on you to make that promotion for it. Like to make video or something that's exciting instead of just a flyer or just a, you know, Hey, here's a post about it. Mm-hmm. So that engages people. So that was, um, a big part of it. And then that became a show and I made a I mean, it's, it's terrible quality and stuff, but I made this DVD of a live show and I went to try and get it distributed and it ended up like this company picked it up and then put it in Walmarts and it was, it was great. They put Atheist Jesus in Walmart. <laughs> yeah, the Comedy Jesus show was available wow. uh, in some of the Walmart stores and then on walmart.com and the whole, the whole DVD ended with an anti-Walmart um, bit about... Uh, telling the employees to unionize, but they didn't watch it, so they didn't know. They just they just bought what was they thought was popular and th- what the companies were distributing. So it was great for me, but uh, that was, I mean, probably not great for them because it did highlight a little bit about the problems of Walmart. So that was you know that was a blast though, man. And that's what it's about is is taking risks and and that was what my passion was at that time like, mm-hmm. that's all i care i was just so angry about religion and all that stuff mm-hmm. right about how much it's messed up our like how we how we function and, and all that and in some ways it's helped how we function but i didn't like the part that that's that sort of, i feel like it's sort of retarded people so this jesus was was really uh talking about how he was really there to come back and say guess what you're, and I mean this when I say this word, you're all retarded in that you have your growth has been retarded, just like a flame retardant. It mm. makes the, so the fire doesn't grow. Your brain doesn't grow mm. because you have a retardant and religion is it plays a part in that. So after your experience with pretty much every religion, like what conclusion have you found? So everybody, uh, everybody, including myself, is a hypocrite. But my conclusion now is that some people need it just like a drug. Like we, hey, most people I know, they want to make all drugs legal, but then they want to make like religion illegal, right? I was one of these. But guess what? Religion's still kind of a drug. Mm. And for some people, that's their comfort. Uh, drugs are probably way better, uh, but they'll never know that, maybe. Well, I mean, some you know, <laughs> mushrooms certainly are way better than religion. <laughs> some people. Some people say that religion sprouted from mushrooms. It may have, but but 
it didn't oh well, i don't know this sprouted from mushrooms but certainly um certainly the components that activates in our brain are still there or have always been there right so i think it comes from our desire to figure out where we came from and so we see this all this stuff that's around us and we go oh somebody had to make this was that's just this false premise and whatever people you can't explain it away to people they just they're just going to believe what they want to believe and that goes for non-religious people. Mm-hmm. I have friends that are super atheists, but they still have things like, ah, shut up. I don't want to talk about it. I believe it because, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to not believe it. <laughs> so is there, a, is there a heaven, hell, or we just die and it's out like a light? Like, you, if you're you asking Jesus, uh, it, you know. Um, I'm asking Troy. Oh, you're asking me? Or you may be oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't have it. I mean. You don't I'm, know. I, I, don't, I don't have an answer, but uh, let me tell you what Jesus says. Okay. Uh, everybody on this planet's on a on a reality TV show. Like Earth is a contestant on a reality TV show, mm-hmm. unknown to unknowns to Earth. Uh, it's called Last Planet Standing, and <laughs> and the, as long as as uh, each planet gets three challenge. This is the way I'd say it. Jesus would say, it, each planet gets three challenges: religion, nuclear weapons, and Celine Dion. And if you can uh, overcome the use of those three. You go on to the next level. Wow. All right. That's Jesus talking. That's Jesus talking. Well, I'm sure at some point in you taking this show around town, there had to be some sort of, you know, a lot of comedians, I always ask them to tell a boo story on here, like if them getting booed while they're on stage or just a hell gig or something. So I did get booed. So, I got, ooh, what I, Jesus got booed. What happened? When I went to Dublin, uh, it was one of the first festivals. I, um, uh, I get, this is a, as an American, you know, I was uh, hip on the geography. Um, and so someone had asked a question that had to do with the UK. And I said something like, I said something like, uh, I referenced Ireland being a part of the UK. Okay, well, Northern Ireland is totally, totally separate. They have the same name. They, they both have Ireland's in their name. Mm-hmm. Ireland and North Ireland both share Ireland. They're not the same place. Uh, the Northern Ireland is basically British people who hate the Irish and Ireland is Irish people who really fucking hate the British. So, um, so I said something like Ireland being part of the UK and the crowd booed the shit out of me. (laughs) And I, and I I didn't know what to say because then like as soon as they booed me, I figured it out and I was like, okay, well look, the maps in my Bible are pretty old. And then they, they forgave me. They forgave Jesus. But I got out of it. But man, I was worried they were going to kill me because they—they are not—they uh, don't take it lightly. Like they do not like England very much. You being able to turn a crowd from booing you is a miracle in itself. That's a miracle. That's uh, only, always, that only Jesus could accomplish. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, not only are you Jesus and uh, George W. Bush, but you're also an award-winning filmmaker, writer, producer. I don't like to talk about all my uh, prestigious awards and credits. No, I, I. I um, <laughs> I made, yeah, I mean, I made, a, by the way, I hate talking about uh, stuff I do, but I do like talking about the impact of it, and I do like talking about how other people can do it. So let's go that route. Let's do it. Um, here's how I made a movie. Okay. Um, I went out and shot it. Here's what I, I called, okay, I had to call Paul Provenza before I really knew Paul. I had just met him, but he's an accessible and amazing person. I called him. I said, I want to make this movie, but... You know, now I'm in LA. It's like it's you got to go Union Screen Actors Guild. 
I got to file paperwork. I'm never going to make this thing if I got to do that. That's just simple facts. I'm not going to I'm not going to go pay a bunch of money. I'm I'm still a comic. I'm trying to get by. What am I what am I suddenly I got enough money to just uh, roll in a production team? You just got to go make it. Mm-hmm. And so I called Paul. I go, "What do I do, man? I'm using actors in this. Some of them are sag." And he goes, "Dude, just go make the movie." <laughs> and he goes, "If if they come after you, then you made it." <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. He's like, he's like, they come after you. That's a good problem to have. That means your movie's doing really well. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's great. So I did. We just made it. Um, uh, and there were a million obstacles along the way. It took a lot of motivation. It took a lot of people like saying, hey, man, what the fuck? Let's get this thing going. Because it was, it, it just seemed insurmountable with the money it takes and all that, even to make something small. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it, um, I had to do some fundraising. I still paid more money of my own than I did with the fundraising, but it was 100% worth it. And I got to make something that I'm proud of, you know? That, that movie was called Runyon Just Above Sunset with Eddie Pepitone. Wow. And I'm sure now you can just watch it all online. It's great. <laughs> it's a really fun movie. Maybe on Amazon Prime? Uh, no, no, no. It's only, it's like a... It was a half hour thing on DVD. You can get uh, DVDs from Pepitone directly. Just tweet at them. Um, but it's uh, the thing that we, I think it was like an eight minute short, or 10 minute short that we submitted to all these festivals. And it was like the final episode of a five episode series. It was, on, it was a Funny or Die series. It was great. And um, just for let people know, Comedy Jesus is actually on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. I don't well, know if you knew that or not. Yeah, but I, but I don't know. Like, first of all, I haven't watched it since, like, I had to uh, help edit it. But uh, I can't imagine that it's any good in context. I mean, it's so dated. It's all this, like, anti-George. But there's certainly some good points. So just watch it and then fast forward to stu- through stuff. But I, I wanted people to know all this about you and, like, your background. That's nice. Because you are, well, I mean... Just on the surface here, we're sitting here at Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. The greatest festival in the world. The greatest festival in the world. And you are one of the few photographers that like gets this access you're getting of the photographers in the world. So it's like people know you as this amazing photographer, but they don't know the context of like really how inspired it all is. Yeah. You have all this experience with comedy and like you doing it yourself. And yeah, man. I mean, you have to find what inspires you. For me, visual images, like fi- finding a picture of something that maybe nobody has seen, nobody's got that angle, nobody's got that, that to me is really, really exciting. Like, I only, only reason I do photography is it's like, uh, and sometimes this is to a fault, I do stuff for the love of the game. That's cost me a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what love of the game means, like, Love of the game doesn't have the word money in it. So, you, and you're also, it also says you love the game. There's other things in your life that you love that fall away. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is. And, and, and that's the risk you take. And that's the, everybody at this festival. Uh, there's, I don't think there's anybody here who's like, you know what? I wanted to go into comedy. I want to make a shitload of money <laughs> and fast. <laughs> like you have, some people have to work 20 years before they, they start bringing in real money. Some yeah. people, some people, two years, three years in, and all of a sudden, some great things happened. But it's rare. It's, so it, everything's love of the game. You what, know? Do you, what do you think about uh, like filmmaking versus just photography? Uh, I stopped. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I like, I mean, I don't, I'm not into the filmmaking. What do I think about it? I think people should definitely go the route of filmmaking because that's what people want. People but, I mean, want your, video. Your preference, because. Oh, my preference is like right now in my life. Yeah, photography. There's not even a question. I love still what, images. What, what do you they like so much, so much about them? Yeah. Because they, because you can just get so much out of just a still frame. You can see a moment. It's, it's like it's frozen. It's like a, it's like that, uh, you know, it's it's sort of like discovering a moment in time or a caveman in ice, and you go, "Oh my God, we caught this moment." A picture to me is a caveman in ice. Does that make sense? Mm. It's it's a moment that would have been gone if it weren't for that f- thing freezing it. So, I really like that. It's like a fossil. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And video obviously does that, but it's different, and it's sort of like um, uh, an ongoing. I don't know. It just yeah. seems. There's, there's a different medium. That's my thing. And your dad was a photographer as well. My dad, well, my dad did photography when I was a kid and was really into it and uh, inspired me a lot. Um, he had slideshows. My dad did slideshows. No wonder I worked with a projector a lot. I love my projector. Um, my dad would take these pictures and put them in, uh, on, he'd have them developed into slides and then he'd put them in the carousel and we'd watch these slideshows. Wow. And it was super cool. And nobody else was doing that, you know? Like, when I was a kid, like, that was a big deal. You had to put the slides in the thing. There was no, like, movie thing you could just put all your pictures into and make a slide, you know, a slideshow, an iPhoto or something like that. Do you almost resent technology? No, not okay, at all. You oh, mean, my God, no. So I embrace like, everything. Okay, okay, cool. Anybody who, by the way, anybody who resents technology is just saying they don't like evolution. Like they're just they're just refusing to yes and life. It's bad enough if you don't yes and a scene. What do you don't yes and life? Because yeah. life passes you by anyway. Uh, think about like the people that resisted. Like ah, I'm not going to get a smartphone. I don't need my phone. Does enough stuff. I don't need all that. Uh, why do I need apps on a phone? Like now right. you'd never consider having a phone that didn't do that. <laughs> so we if we don't yes and it, we're left in the dust. Yes and the shit out of everything. Like, I don't have a 4K TV, but guess what? Uh, someday, we're all going to be laughing at people with 4K TVs. Like, oh, you still got that piece of shit? Yeah. I've, I mean, I've heard people be like, you know, resenting a smartphone is like like a caveman resenting shoes or something. Exactly. Like, just technology. Yeah. Yeah, just evolve with it. Um, we're, we're, at, we're at 30. Do you need, to go, do you need um, to go check? Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Let's go a few more minutes. Are you okay? Yeah. All right. If we, yeah, okay, cool. Because I would love, I would love to roll our sleeves up a little bit on photography. Because sure, photography is something I've always, I've had a gravity towards. I've always been interested in it, and I don't understand why. And also, I understand your point of like capturing a moment, and but like there's there's very specific right and wrong ways to do it. Mm, well, yes, I mean, no, there's not right or wrong ways, but there are, um, there are. Um, you know, uh, attractive and unattractive ways or, uh, uh, or compelling and not compelling. Okay. You know, like if you have your camera on auto, your camera has a brain in it and it's adjusting based on what it knows, but it's most of the time it's going to be wrong because it's not human. Like you can't get your camera to be perfect all the time. Um, now everyone's doing stuff with their phones and the phones have amazing brains in them that do these amazing, like if you're shooting outdoors with an iPhone, you're going to get stuff that's as good as anything. Um, Like, I mean, you can get brilliant stuff if it's outdoor. 
once you lose outdoors, forget it. You're going to get shit. You're going to have to use your flash if it's dark and, you know. Um, but, so I don't think, I don't know, right or wrong. I mean, there's a lot to know about cameras. But here's what you, here's what, here's what people should know is that it's not about taking a picture. It's about capturing light. So hmm. you want to look at, I, I'm, I'm really greedy when it comes to light. Like I go in a dark room and I see a candle uh, next to a person and I go, what do I have to do to get a picture of how I see, like with my own eyes, I see that person and like the side of them is lit up and it looks really cool. Uh, how, how can I get a picture of that without using a flash or bringing in lines, whatever? And what I found was uh, it was getting great lenses and better camera lenses first, then better camera uh, that can they can capture that. And that's what looks amazing. When you see that, if you see someone next to a candlelight, I forget it was, I think it was Stanley Kubrick. Mm. He, I forgot what movie it was, uh, but he shot a movie uh, that only used candlelight. He brought in no other lighting. But to do that, he had to have this NASA lens that's now in a museum. Jeez. And the lens, and remember, this is just glass. It's able to see better than the human eye. Like the lens has so much ability to absorb light. And it's probably, you know, a half million dollar lens. Yeah. But that's what he did to shoot the scene. So you're talking about this craft, but then you can see people with iPhones just pointing to shoot. Yeah, that but doesn't. It, yeah, but sometimes they get amazing stuff. It's like, uh, you know, the the whatever a broken clock's wrong twice a day. Well, if you take enough pictures, you're going to get some amazing stuff, like award winning right. stuff right. with an iPhone. So I definitely don't hate iPhone mm -hmm. or whatever phone photography, but um, yeah, people have to know how how much they are limited. Someday phones will be like DSLRs are now. Mm, yeah. Well, what about people that use Photoshop, things like that? I'm, I'm pro. I'm pro technology, hundred yeah. percent. Use everything. Okay. I mean, don't don't mess it up. I'm not a Photoshop person, but I have applications that I do stuff in with photos. Does it look great? Yeah. Look, every rule is meant to be broken. Um, Photoshop is a useful tool, or else no one would use it. So when you're walking around as as a comedian, you have the comedian mind as well. Where you're walking around, you're always analyzing and like, okay, what can be funny about this? Trying but, to keep my eyes open, yeah. But like photography, are you like, is every moment you're just like, okay, I see what could happen there, and you look over here and you're like, okay, I see what could happen there. Is it almost like yeah, every, like like you're so? Able look, to look, look to uh, to your right, to my left. There's a there's four or five six giant windows with blinds mm -hmm. and look how look how uh see that first one it's wide open like the slats are pointing at us so all the lights coming through mm -hmm. and then you see like there's different levels where the shutters are closed more that's what there's a camera shutters open shutters are closed that's why they're called shutters so there's different amount now look what you can see through the one you can see all kinds of stuff but then there's this, this little those little slats in the way but doesn't it look cool to look through the one that's sort of closed the most and then you're seeing like your brain fills in yeah. the spaces like that's just kind of cool. But no one ever comes up and takes a picture through those slats. They go outside and they get a nice clear shot. Way more original to have something that's show. Well, if there was a photographer who shot stuff through <laughs> shutters, uh -huh. I would go see that. Like I would I would love to see that. That'd be cool. Like rear window. If you're on Instagram. And you have just a, like a shut through shutters, everything. I'll follow you. <laughs> right to me. Well, you definitely just answered my question. What was it? 
Oh, when I was like, so every, is every moment you see pictures and you I'm go, a, well, I'm let's a, look at this moment. I'm obsessed. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with, yeah, with how great. how cool things are. Like, look at the, and by the way, I realize it's a podcast nobody can see, but let me explain what's it. You can look at this, uh, the coffee mugs on this table here, and you can see like they're from where we're sitting, there's not light shining on them, mm-hmm. but the light's coming from the back. So there's like some nice glisten around the top. That looks really cool. So that's light. That's what. That's what photography is about. That's what a camera captures. Without light, cameras are useless. I'd like to challenge the listeners to wherever you are right now to <laughs> find <laughs> your own inspiration. Find something oh, yeah. that compels you in the room and just appreciate it. A lot of you are in cubicles right now. Just appreciate just an object you see and the beauty of it. Maybe how the light hits it and think of it in a more of a photographic People made fun sense. of that scene in American Beauty where the guy sees the bag that's like flying around. Right. I remember people making fun of that like, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in a movie. Like it's incredible that somebody nailed that moment of like a bag yeah. and how, how exciting that is and compelling that is to watch. And what I learned is to enjoy those moments. Like that movie sort of made it conscious for me last night. I walked out of the hotel and they had these guys that are outside. There's a million people here at the festival. They have these guys that are blowing bubbles. They have these little bubble machines and, and they put out like, let's say, Mm, 2,000 bubbles a minute. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone's just walking right by. And I went, oh, my God. When I was a kid, I would never walk by, like, three, four, 5,000 bubbles all around. Oh, my God. What do you, you want to play in that? So I just stood there, I, I stood there in the bubbles. And I was like, man, I feel great. And I'm not ashamed that I'm <laughs> a grown man. Like, sitting in the bubbles with kids walking by eating ice cream, like mm-hmm. ignoring the bubbles because they, they're five and they have phones. <laughs> I'm there going, man, this is amazing. And then I walked right up to the guy. I'm like two feet away from the bubble machine guy, and he got it. He just starts spraying with the bubbles. And I was like, dude, you get it. I go, you, you, see, you see how great this is? He goes, yeah, man. It was like this moment. It was beautiful, awesome. man. It was awesome. But that's stuff that we ignore, and not that we ignore but we don't see in the first place. And so then by default, we ignore it. And that's how we become ignorant. Mm. Well, thank you so much for... Um, Outstanding. I think that's, that's yeah. our cue. Thank you so much for your time on this. I will say, um, just uh, before we get out of here, is uh, there anything else you want the world to know? Um, well, uh, we didn't get into sales. We'll do that another time. You were brilliant on the show. I want people to know how brilliant you were on the show. I wow. was insane. Everybody was insanely impressed with, with your skills on the fly. Uh, so I'd want people to know that. Um, people can uh, certainly find the show, set list on everything, um, setlistshow.com, and then you can find stuff. Um, people can follow me on uh, Instagram. It's my name, Troy Conrad, with an S, Troy Conrad's. Um, but what I want people to know, look around your world and don't mm. pass up the beautiful moments. And I will want them to know as well that um, the man you're listening to right now has been honored with like a hall series at the world famous comedy store where you are taking pictures. I mean, they're really, I mean, for like iconic, these photos are iconic of what you're taking of all these major league comedians in the hallway of the comedy store. And it's catching on so much that they're actually putting together like a series for you, right? In the store. Well, uh, I, right now I have on, um, you know, um, a permanent exhibit uh, mm. in the main room lobby of the comedy store is right now there's about 80 photos all taken in the hallway of the comedy store 
and they look amazing. And here's the great thing is the, is that's a love of the game thing. I just did it for mm-hmm. the love of the game. Um, that the comics that are up on that wall, they're, they're all paid regulars and they're almost all of them are the newer paid regulars. They love having their pictures up there. It's not like a headshot on the wall. It's right. so the headshots certainly important, but this is just a picture that represents the, the comedy store and the comic within it. And they're surrounded by all these people that came before them and, um, like kind of pushing them forward. Like that's, that's this, that's a moment when you see them in the hallway yeah. like that with the, being wrapped around, like they're given a visual fisheye hug by all these, all these great comics that came before them. So that's a really, um, that's I'm really proud of that. Yeah. That's easy to find on whatever on Instagram, especially if you type in just hashtag hall series, mm-hmm. you'll be able to see most of the pictures, I think. Yeah, and any photos you see with like roast battle and all that, I mean, this love shooting that show. Everybody should be watching that show on Comedy Central. We're right now two episodes in that have that have aired, and we shot a third one last night, and then the finals are Sunday tomorrow. Tomorrow, so it's exciting. And so by the time this thing comes out. Um, the whole season will have aired. Yeah, crazy? exactly. And I just want them to know what an integral part you play in that. And well, I capture some amazing stuff that they do, and I'm yeah, I'm um, I'm proud to be uh, working with those guys because it's a it's a blast. Well, it's been a blast having you on here, man. Thanks, man. I, I'm a I fan. Had a good time. I'm so glad this this thank all worked you. out perfectly. Thanks so much. Thank you, buddy. Troy Conrad, thank you for being on Hot Breath. Thank you, Joel. All right. Now I need to take a uh, one of your terrible, one of these terrible inside photos. Oh, well, why not? Well, you got light. We got light. Oh, we got light. See that? Wait, do we? See, we got side light from over there. Oh, so that's working. Yeah. Dude, that was a blast, man. You're a good interviewer. Thanks a lot. I liked it. Um, I really liked uh, how prepared you were, and uh, that's that's you. Oh, well, that was nice. Thank you so much, all my nice listeners, for tuning in. Thank you to Troy for being so nice with your time. Now, before you head out, hot brethren and sister, and if you enjoyed this episode, please hit us up on iTunes, leave a review. That's really going to help us stand out in this fuzzy podcast world. There's so many out there, but your review will really help us to rise to the top and get that ever coveted new and noteworthy on itunes so that is our goal now so we can't do that without your help so please go to itunes and leave a five-star review and support the hot breath of of course you can also support our amazing sponsor this is the last of it ladies and gentlemen comedy binge the world's first online festival registration is closing august 31st so go to comedybinge.co today Use promo code HOTBREATH. Get five bucks off registration. It's the world's first online comedy festival. It's taking place right here in Atlanta at Relapse Theater. It's going to be headlined by Rob Hayes. It's going to be broadcast to the world. Everybody, industry, bookers, friends, family, everybody can see you perform on Comedy Binge. So just register before August 31st. Use promo code HOTBREATH. Get five bucks off. And while you're online, I would recommend checking out Comedy Artwork. You know, the festival is there to help you get exposure. But once you perform, you want to have something to expose. So I would highly recommend Comedy Artwork. This guy makes amazing illustrations, posters, really whatever you need. Go to ComedyArtwork.com. 
or at Comedy Artwork on all social media. And just see the guy's work. It speaks for itself. He's amazing. Great comedy fan. An even better artist. And you won't be disappointed, I promise. You can go to my website, joelbyerscomedy.com, or on my social media, at joelbyerscomedy. He really, he's really defined my brand with his illustrations. So thank you so much to him. Also, another guy who's helped with helping me get my branding on point is Bernard Henry Manning. This guy's an amazing photographer out of Atlanta right here. Took great photos. He's also been helping me with my website. He also has been helping me film sets. This guy can really do it all as far as just really getting a a press kit together. I could not recommend him anymore. Bernard Henry Manning, hit him up on Facebook today, and you will not be disappointed. And you can also, in the meantime, while you're getting your branding up, get your skill up too. High Wire Comedy is pretty much the one stop for everything comedy here in Atlanta. We just moved into like a 7,000 square foot comedy complex. It's an amazing, amazing space. We teach sketch, improv, stand-up, and much, much more to come. So go to highwirecomedy.com. Check out everything we have going on. There's, I could not be happier to be a part of this. It's really going to bring the whole Atlanta comedy community together. And um, you guys are a part of that. So thanks for listening to this. And thanks for supporting me and my awesome sponsors. There would not be on this episode if I didn't believe in what they were doing. So thank you to all my sponsors. Thank you to all my listeners. And thank you to my engineer, Amon Garner. You can hit him up on Facebook if you want to make your audio crystal clear like this engineer did here, Amon Garner. And you can also check out the one and only at Erin A. Rogers. She was my theme song composer. She makes the hook so you can bob the head. So thank you so much for tuning in. We are winding down the end of this intro. I think I have thanked everyone. So, now it's time to move on, I guess. If uh, you're still listening, thank you. Thank you for your time and commitment. And I go ahead and thank you in advance for your time and commitment in leaving an iTunes review. So with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we will adjourn until next Monday, right here on... Hot breath. <gasps> Hot breath. I appreciate that. I like yeah, I'm going to be right outside. Um, now I'm going to be back at the photo station to see if anybody's there. But come by. Oh, Thank you. Absolutely. I love that. Awesome. Thanks, man.